Well, we are glad that you are with us, and I am so thankful Scott shared what he shared, and especially about uh, looking to the future. Where are we headed from here? And so today, I want to share just for a few minutes with you um, a little bit about how do we let go of 2020, and what does 2021 hold for us? How do we move forward? Uh, I've seen a lot of of posts about, oh, we're just so glad 2020 is over. But what we all recognize is is we're kind of in 2020 part two right now, right? But with the hope that by the end of 2021, this is all a memory um, as far as what we've dealt with for the pandemic. We'll see what happens. As followers of Jesus, it's important um, at crucial times in the world and life and history uh, that we are focused on moving forward in a healthy way. So uh, certainly there are many things as we look back that we want to forget about 2020 and we look forward to the day when we're not having to social distance and wear masks and worry about seeing our loved ones or our friends. And um, I just want you to know as a church, we are still kind of watching everything, struggling through all of uh, the numbers and, and what we need to do moving forward. I, I will tell you that I hope um, as we move into warmer weather that is uh, more reliably warmer, not just we happen to have kind of a warm day yesterday, then today it got cool again. Uh, but when we can meet together outside, we will start meeting outside together. We'll start doing some outside events. We might do like a movie in the parking lot or worship in the park. We might even get together with some other churches who are also meeting outside um, just so that we can in a safer way still get together. We are looking forward to doing that. Um, we also are going to be making some changes around here as we plan for the time that all the restrictions are gone and we get to be uh, together fully again. We have to recognize that the world has changed in the last year. Uh, when we first heard that we were going to flatten the curve for two weeks, I, I told several of our leaders, like, we've got to get back in person as soon as possible. Like, we'll do it a couple of weeks, but we can't do this for months and I have just uh, been so thankful for the community that you guys have demonstrated throughout these last few months and the support you've given our church uh, and just the ability that we are able to continue doing what we're doing because you've continued to be generous uh, to journey. Um, I'm just thankful for the relationships, that even if they're distant, that we still get to maintain together and look forward to the time when we get to do that more personally. But we recognize the world has changed, and I shared with you a few weeks ago the tribe of Issachar was a tribe that it was said about them. Not much is said about them at all in Scripture, but it was said about them. Uh, they were the tribe. They were a people that could read the signs of the time, and they knew what Israel was supposed to do. And that is going to be our call for this next year, is read the signs of the times and determine what we should do. And that we're going to determine that through a number of things, including a heavy emphasis on time praying separately and together, a heavy emphasis on the community being the community in the church and that uh, I, I don't want our, our elders or staff or, or leaders to be the only ones who kind of chart a course forward in this changing world. I want you to be involved in that. I want to hear from you. I want to know what has changed for you and what do you need from your church family? I, I'm looking forward to some really practical things in these next few months. So if some of you are looking for a way to serve and you're okay getting out, 
looking for some practical things like we want to we started a renovation of the youth suite we want to finish that and in addition to finishing that which means i need a few painters um and then we're going to have uh we're going to just do some changes in that area maybe bring some game tables in and some things if you'd like to donate towards some ways to make that a fun hangout space for them one of the things i know is going to be important moving forward this community um, what we are all hungering for and craving for is spending time with our loved ones, our friends, and our families. So uh, if you'd like to serve in that way, I'd like to hear from you, and we'll, we'll put you to work. We've got a lot of the painting done. We've got a little bit left to do, and uh, we want to just have that ready for when we're back in person uh, with our youth. In addition, we're probably going to make some changes up here on the stage, and so if you're interested in that kind of stuff, we'd like to, to hear from you as well. And if you have not yet... Uh, jumped in serving in worship or serving on in tech or something like that like you can serve right now doing that we would love to hear from you as well a lot of what we are hoping in this kind of transitional time leaving christmas and entering into 2021 are the things that hurt us and brought us pain in 2020 disappear in 2021 and and it looks like a, a lot of the things that have caused us to to struggle may be relieved in 2021. But uh, looking around, I, I was we were talking in our family about resolutions. Maybe you've made some resolutions. If you've made some resolutions, uh, share, share those in the comments. It would be fun to see what you all are um, resolving to do or to do differently or to be differently. I, I ran across a, a, a list and took took 10, the top 10 of the, some of the fun resolutions that have been shared on social media. These are some of the things people are planning to do for 21. Uh, number 10 was this, go outside among people. <laughs> Be with people, which is a common thread for what a lot of people are feeling right now. The next one, number nine, buy all the leftover 2020 calendars and burn them. Maybe, maybe you want to do that too. Number eight, go on a vitamin and supplement shopping spree and finish at least one bottle before I give up. Uh, we all have made those resolutions before. Number seven, remember to make overnight oats the night before, even though I know I won't want to eat them in the morning. That's a good resolution to make. <laughs> Number six, unfollow all the Kardashians, but continue with a K to keep up. All right. Number five, sign up for a marathon that I bravely will not actually run. I, like some of us have already made those resolutions, right? I've already fallen through the cracks. Number four, go vegan for six months and inevitably give up. I love honest resolutions. That's about as honest as they come. Well, yeah, can't give up bacon. Uh, um, <clears throat> number three, cultivate the confidence of Kanye West without the tone def deafness of Kanye West. All right. Number two. When I live my best life and only buy pants with no buttons or zippers. The important thing about your resolution is to aim high, right? Aim high. No buttons or zippers. We're only going to wear comfy pants. And number one, which is actually a really helpful resolution, stop doom scrolling on Twitter, which or Facebook or CNN or Fox News or wherever you get your negative news source. Stop being drawn to the flame where it burns us up. So um, share some of your resolutions that you're making. I'd love to, to read those and see what those are. Um, but interestingly, I came across a study that 
the group Affirm did. And Affirm, there are financial planners. Uh, they did a poll with a group called One Poll. And they, they did a poll across the nation and basically asked, what are you planning to resolve to do or to do differently or to be in 2021? And I really thought um, what they shared was very interesting about where we are and where the signs of the time are right now. They put together a short video. We're going to show that now. Um, and you can see what some of the top things people said they were resolving to do. some of those surprise you or maybe do you feel some of those do you really resonate with some of the the ideas of what we're going to be doing moving forward I, I think it's interesting that usually at this time of year resolutions center around losing weight going and doing something new uh, maybe you're going to go to the gym more I, any number of resolutions that typically typically get made every year but interestingly, people, there, there is such a draw towards community. People are looking for deeper relationships. People are looking not to go spend more on something, but actually to save more. People are looking to learn new skills and to develop new abilities. They are spending time at home and all of a sudden, hey, there's, there's a whole other world out there. Uh, it's, if you want to go find that study, it's really easy to find. You can just Google the Affirm Resolution Study, and it will give you all of the details and all of the, the, the findings that they had. But one of the things I find interesting about it is we really have changed. Like we are a consumer society. We are a consumer culture. We just need more stuff. But there's a part of us, and, and part of how I feel when I look back at 2021, that it was not all bad. Now, now certainly the pandemic was bad, and and those who, who lost their lives to it or for any other reason. Those are not things that I find good, but I bet you could share some really positive effects that 2020 has had on you and your family. Uh, one of the things that it helped me with and that we've talked about here before, but it's really hard to practice, uh, is creating margin within your life. Like if you don't have margin, if you run from one thing to the next and there's always the next thing you have to do, like with our kids, We've got sports, we've got college, we've got young kids that are, are, they've got all their school activities and their friends they want to have over and all those things. Literally from uh, fall to kind of mid-spring, our lives are a whirlwind normally. Like we're running from practice to game to event to activity to meeting. 
to play date, to birthday celebration, to family celebration, to this, to that, to the other. And we rarely actually sit down and, and have nothing to do. In fact, whenever on a normal year, we would have a weekend that we would have nothing going on. It would be like, what are we doing this weekend? Oh, we don't have anything planned. What? What? We have nothing planned. What? It's just a wonderful moment to realize we don't have to do anything. So I think for us, and one of the positive things I've taken away from 2020 is the creation of margin, which has helped me tremendously think differently about my faith, think differently about my family, and think differently about our church. My guess is you've got some margin. Maybe you didn't asked for the margin and you didn't want the margin and you look forward to the time where you don't have to have this margin anymore and you can get right back to all the busy stuff you're doing i am not looking forward to that i want to somehow continue creating margin so there is rest so there is an opportunity for perspective change so we don't just allow our schedules to run our lives and even as a church i recognize that some of some of what we were doing leading up to the pandemic were things we were just doing week after week after week because that's what we had been doing for week after week after week and not even stopping to say the world is changing. How we talk about faith, our faith doesn't necessarily change. The gospel doesn't change. God doesn't change. But how we approach him does. And a lot of what we were doing pre-pandemic was just we get we just got to do this weekly thing over and over and over. And And it's time for us to stop and to think about what is most meaningful and how do we most move forward as a faith community. So those are some of the questions that I want us as a church to struggle with over the coming months. Whatever your resolutions are, I hope that they are things that you can uh, truly find not just peace, but you can move forward in a healthy way in your life. Maybe it, it has to do with your marriage. Maybe it has to do with how you're parenting your kids. Uh, maybe you've had too much margin, like you've never, you never do anything. Maybe you need to create some opportunities when it's safe to go out and do some things with family and friends as well. Whatever we do here, I know, is going to wrap around two really primary things. One is uh, really deepening community, and the second one is seriously looking at ways to grow in our faith, recognizing how the world has changed, and inviting others to do the same. We'll be talking more about that. Jonathan Edwards, I came across this graphic, the Evangelical Bible, puts out some good memes. That he, they put out this meme for resolutions. I love this resolution. Resolution number one from Jonathan Edwards, I will live for God. Love that. Resolution number two, if no one else does, I still will. So let that be our call and our hope um, as we move into 2020. So if you've had some good things that also have happened, things you want to carry into your life, share those with each other as you're watching. Um, I, again, would love to see some of the things that aren't just we want to ignore, but things that we've actually uh, embraced. Maybe you heard from God in a new way. Maybe you were able to focus your relationship on Christ in a way you haven't in the past, and now you're experiencing new things. I, I would love to hear how those things um, have happened for you. Ecclesiastes 3.1 tells us, whether we're in 2020 or 2021, for everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. And what I want to leave you with today as we are planning to move into to this new year um, is that God sees the miserable parts of 2020. 
the things that we want to write off the year for, the things that we want to forget forever, God sees the things that have caused you to struggle and to suffer. They've seen the things, whether it's, uh, you know, classes were so hard, remote learning was just crazy, GPA feels like it's falling, don't know what my future is, whether it's at work. Now, work is different. You don't get to be around your coworkers, or, or maybe you're in an industry that's been hit hard, and you're just struggling to make it every day. God sees where you are, and God cares for you. I want to share this story from Luke chapter 7, verse 11. And it says, it says this about Jesus. Uh, he Soon after, he went to a town called Nain, and his disciples and a great crowd w- went with him. And as he drew near to the gate of the town, behold, a man who had died was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a considerable crowd from the town was with her. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said to her, Do not weep. Then he came up and touched the bier, and the bearers stood still. And he said, Young man, I say to you, arise. And the dead man sat up and began to speak. And Jesus gave him to his mother. Fear seized them all, and they glorified God, saying, A great prophet has risen among us, and God has visited his people. And this report about him spread through the whole of Judea and all of the surrounding country. An interesting thing about this story, while it's not uh, not talking about a year or a season, but talking about an actual life, is that Jesus is on his regular travels. He's just going about his business. Interestingly, when the Great Commission talks about sharing your faith with others, it, we, we read it this, as a command, go and tell others. But really, when we understand what the Greek says, as you are going tell others about Christ. And so Jesus, as he was going, comes across the scene in which this woman has lost her son, her only son, and she's already at some point lost her husband. She's now utterly alone. Now what we can do and what we often do, and we we, Jesus tells a parable of the, the Good Samaritan uh, because often what we do when we see someone in pain is we feel inadequately able to help them and we walk the other way. Oh, that's terrible. Oh, I hate that for that woman. Oh, look at that over there. You know, Jesus could easily have just pulled his disciples aside and said, let me tell you a spiritual parallel for what you're witnessing right here. It could have talked to his disciples. We would have said, that's a great lesson. And then they went on and we went on. But that's not what happens in this story. And says, it says, instead, it says that Jesus saw her, saw the widow, this woman that has lost her son. And I, I want you to know that as you look through 2020 and you wonder, am I all alone? <laughs> Does anybody see? I, I feel my, my prayer life is empty and God's not listening. Is God even hear prayers anymore? Is God even there? I, I want you to know that the idea that your pain is for you to bear alone is not true. It is not for you to bear alone. The idea that God is only looking for the people that have it all together and everything's hunky-dory and he's choosing to bless a few people, but you, he's just overlooked and ignored and said, you know what, your 2020 is going to be miserable. I just want you to know this, that Jesus sees you. He sees you. 
He sees the struggle you're having. He sees the financial struggle. He sees the struggle with friends who have gotten sick or those that you've lost to COVID or for any other reason. He sees that in your marriage, you realizing there are some things that are broken. And you kind of knew that before, but it's become very apparent now. And maybe even with your kids and you're trying to figure out how, you know, some of, some of you guys have worked hard to become uh, at-home teachers and you've never been an at-home teacher before. Do you know that one of the greatest gifts you can be to your kids is to recognize that you are their primary teacher? Not the people that you send them off to at school, not the people you send them off to at church. You, as the parent, are the primary teacher and will be for the entire life of your child. Now, there will be a section probably from around 15 to maybe around 25 in which they won't recognize that you're that great of a teacher but then they all come back always. We always come back and recognize there are some things that I missed about my parents. You are their primary teacher. You have become that. You have overcome hurdles. You have learned things you forgot decades ago so that you can help your kids. That is a beautiful, good thing. But they have sometimes been a struggle for us. It's sometimes been a struggle. Not everyone in our house is excited about doing school at home and they don't uh, aren't going to be putting mom and dad up for teacher of the year right god sees that he sees that in you he sees those struggles he sees that you're trying to hold down a job and educate your children he sees you're trying to navigate the social distances and recognize that there's a deep longing for connection with people that is not possible right now he sees that work right now is a challenge he sees all of the things we fear. God sees that just as they walked into this town and they walked upon this funeral and he sees this woman who was going through unimaginable pain. God sees you. And God doesn't just, Jesus doesn't just give an object lesson and move on. He goes to her because Jesus cares about your pain and he will be with you in your pain. Now, beer is a cart um, or a table, but generally a cart in which uh, whenever somebody would die, they would do this big parade through the city. And when they did this big parade through the city, they would take the body and they would embalm the body, but it was it's not like we embalm today where uh, if someone dies and we need to wait a few weeks in order to have a, a funeral, we can. They, they didn't have the technology we have for that. So, so you had to pretty much do things quickly. So they would embalm, but it wasn't the same. And they would often take the body and put it on this cart and roll it through the city that there they were, not covered, not in a box, but there they were walking through the street. And the story says that a lot of the town has, has turned out for them. So these could be friends, these could be extended family members, these could be people that worked with the deceased or were friends with the deceased or um, are maybe friends of the widow. These could be people that are, are just coming because it was cultural to come and be a part of someone else's suffering and grief and they would just come and be a part of that. Uh, there are any number of possibilities about who these people were, but what Jesus did was Jesus went straight for the woman and specifically went straight to the body. And it says he put his hand on the beer, which was the cart where this bare body was sitting on the way to either be buried or be cremated. Because Jesus in that moment had compassion for someone who was hurting. Not only did Jesus see the woman, 
Jesus wanted to heal the woman just as Jesus wants to heal your heart as we say goodbye to 2020. All the pains and and anguish that you've been going through, Jesus sees that, and he wants to heal your heart, just like he wanted to heal the heart of this woman. Now, this is where the story becomes utterly fantastic, and, and maybe you're not familiar with this story of Jesus raising somebody from the dead. But what Jesus literally does is, is, is he causes this lifeless, dead body. Many of us believe 2020 was lifeless and dead. Maybe we believe part of our lives have become lifeless and dead. He sees this dead body, and he tells it to rise young man i tell you to arise and he did now the point of this story is not that if you've lost someone jesus is going to come bring them back from the dead the point of this story that there are many ways that we are in pain and and we're struggling through this time and some aren't some like if 2020 was the new normal they would be fine with that that would be perfectly fine. I don't have to hang out with many people. I don't have to work. I, I can work from home. I, you know, I, I don't have to do all these other things. I feel just fine, and I don't feel guilty for not hanging out with people. But for those of you that are struggling, he sees your pain. He doesn't just go the other way. He just doesn't make an object lesson of your life. He sees you, and he goes to you. As we move into 2021, we need to watch for the ways that God wants to move Because he sees you now. And he doesn't just see you. He knows he has a future for you. He has a purpose for you moving forward. Some of the things we're going to be talking about over these next few weeks, and if you stay stay till after the last song, we're going to show you a a, a part of the trailer um, for for the series we're going to be starting next in the next few weeks. Um, We're going to be starting a series called Emotions. There's a teacher by the name of Bill Gaultier who identified 39 emotions in uh, Jesus that you find throughout Scripture, 39 emotions that Jesus felt, and he grouped them into 11 core emotions. We're going to be looking at the majority of the 11 core emotions that he's identified in the life of Jesus. And then we're going to be asking ourselves some questions because part of healing and moving forward is dealing with the things that we feel now. And the problem with the feelings of 2020 is that feelings are never the best judge of conviction. They're never the best judge of how to move forward within your life. We're not in control of our feelings. Our feelings just happen. And many times we have to have concerted efforts. Like how many Monday mornings do we not feel like going to work? But what happens if we listen to those feelings and we don't go to work? We probably won't eat at some point, right? Or the feeling that we're angry and we're just going to let somebody have it. But what happens if we get angry and let somebody have it? Maybe we end up in jail. There are all kinds of feelings we have. Whenever we're young, we have crushes on all kinds of people. And what happens if you go through your middle school or elementary school or high school professing your crush to every person that you have this feeling of attraction to probably not going to go well for you there are times that we need to rein our feelings in as adults our feelings can control us in ways we don't recognize so some of the emotions that he identifies are pain are hurt it is sadness those are some of the pain some of the emotions of jesus but also joy and love and peace We're going to be looking at the emotions of Jesus from the perspective of 
how did Jesus deal with these emotions? How did he feel them? Because Scripture tells us he felt everything that we felt. How did he deal with them? With the goal of understanding our feeling. You see, being driven by your feelings is chaotic. So many people are driven by their feelings. They get mad, they let everybody know. You can generally go through someone's Facebook feed and see if they're driven by their feelings based on their posts. But what we have to do as mature people is we have to understand what's behind the feeling. Why do I feel that way? If I feel alone right now, why do I feel alone right now? What should I do about that? And we're going to look at that through the lens of the gospel and the life of Christ. How do we respond to some of the similar feelings that Jesus had himself? Some of the things we're going to be sharing with you in these coming weeks as we kind of identify uh, some of our feelings and our inner drives. Because understanding what drives us in 2021 is a, a, a help to understand how the world has changed and how we read the signs of the times. Understanding what moves and motivates us. So starting in the next few weeks, uh, we've talked with our college group of kids that we're going to begin going through a study on the Enneagram. Now, the Enneagram is an old tool. It's kind of a personality profile, but it's also not. And it is scary, scary accurate for a lot of people that go through it. The purpose of the Enneagram is to understand what motivates us. It's, it's a personality motivation profile. In other words, why do we do the things that we do? Some of those are good, and some of those are not so good. Some of them are healthy, and some of them are not so healthy. Uh, we have some tools that we can do this online where you can watch an on-demand video and then have a discussion, and likely we'll, we'll start a, a couple of groups. Our, our college group's going to be doing that together, but if you're interested in learning more about the Enneagram and being a part of that, then I, you can also watch some of the same on-demand videos, and then we'll do a separate Zoom call for others that would like to then discuss and go through understanding the nine different types of the Enneagram. Like my particular type is I'm a one, which uh, can be known as either a reformer, which is my preferred choice of, of type, but it's also called the perfectionist. I don't really like that description. I like reformer better. It sounds more spiritual, right? Uh, but the other is just as true, and there are things that drive me that I look at something and something has to be fixed. If something's got to be fixed, we need to fix it. Now, I may not fix it right, but something's got to be done. That's one of the, the, the things that drives me, and I have to understand that about myself. Sometimes I want to fix things that don't need to be fixed. But something in me tells me, Mark, you need to fix this. You need to reform this. You need to change this. This isn't good enough. And actually it is. It's actually better than if I get involved and I need to learn that about myself. So there are a number. There, Peacemaker is another of the types in which uh, you're so driven to avoid conflict that everyone thinks you're just go along with everything. But inside there's a storm going on because you're trying to keep everybody even and you're not even. And sometimes we have to have conflict within our lives. We have to recognize that. So if you're interested in doing that, I'll be sharing those, uh, the details of getting involved with that this next week. Um, and help us to understand, so our feelings and our motivations as we intentionally move into the future. That's all I'm going to share with you today. I want you to know that Scripture tells us if we're going to be intentional about being someone more than we were in 2020, if we want to make 2021 a year that we look back and go, wow, 2021 was a pivotal 
year for us as individuals, for us as a family, for us as a church family. We are going to have to create some disciplines around things that we prioritize. So we're going to be talking about some spiritual disciplines. We're going to be talking those those can also be called spiritual rhythms or they they can be spiritual habits. There's a number of of names for those things. Um, but we're going to be working f- towards uh, developing some of these spiritual disciplines in our life. And perhaps as you think through your resolutions, perhaps you can find some ways that you can take some significant steps. Let me leave you with this question. Whether you're that person who is in pain and that person who is struggling, and right now all you need to recognize is that Jesus sees you and Jesus is with you and Jesus is, is coming to you. In whatever way, wherever your pain is, he's putting his hand there and he's saying, I'm going to make these things better. Scripture says he wants to comfort us. And with the comfort we receive from God, we offer that comfort to others. He wants to comfort you in that hurt and in that pain. For those of you who have been just, hey, 2020 has been fine. I've been fine. It's no big deal. It's not great, but it's no big deal. 2021, man, I'm going to really amp it up this year. Let me encourage you this to ask yourself this question over this next week. What is one thing you can put into place right now to be more intentional about seeing how God wants to move in your life in 2021? What is one thing that you can do to be intentional moving forward? Think through that. Don't just say, oh, I'm going to read my Bible more. Well, that could be it. But don't go to the easy answer. Go to the thing like, what is the thing that is keeping me behind? keeping me from experiencing Christ, keeping me from hearing from him. Go after that one. Maybe it's I'm going to seek to be more humble. <laughs> Maybe it's I'm going to seek to be more compassionate. I'm going to seek to see people who are hurting, and I'm going to go to them. I don't know what it is, but what is one thing you can put into place right now to be more intentional about seeing how God wants to move in your life in 2021? I want to hear those things from you too because I want to see how we as a church can come alongside you and help you in that. All right? We're going to talk about more of this uh, next week. And if you want to stick around till after the last song, you can see uh, the trailer for the Emotion series that starts next week. Um, let me pray with you, and, uh, and then we'll continue with worship. Father, I pray that you would help us to not only hear these things, but to move forward. I pray that we would know that we are seen that you are with us and that you care about what we're going through. Father, I pray that as those are, are saying goodbye to 2020, we, we don't haphazardly assume that 2021 will be nothing like 2020. We're still in the midst of some of the same things. But you give us endurance. You give us joy. You give us hope even when the world seems to still be struggling. You are always there. And I pray that we would find peace in that. I pray that you would also hear the worship of this next song and the worship of our hearts as daily we recognize you are good, you are our gift, and you do see us and you do come to us. Father, we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.